Good morning. Am I on? I am. Cool. Amazing time, eh? The Lord good. Come on. <laughs> he is indeed. Yeah, let's just pray, shall we? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence, Lord. And uh, Father, we're just you're just so amazing, Father. I thank you that you don't just come; that even in the in the interaction, we're being transformed from glory to glory. The Lord, our spirit man, is coming more and more alive. That we're beginning to understand spiritual dynamics. We're beginning to position ourselves for that which you want to release. And Father, I just pray that you just anoint this word as I just share it this morning. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, as you know, we went down to Wellington to a uh, lead conference, the Baptist Pastors Lead Conference, and yeah, and part of it is that we drove down um, because we wanted. I just wanted to catch up with my family. As some of you know, my one of my brothers died while we were in America, and so I haven't caught up with my family since then, and also wanted to catch up with one of my other brothers, and so. It was a good time. We, we had a lovely time just spending some time catching up and reflecting on family history and learning about all the skeletons that are in the closet, as one does. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think there's, well, there was one paper article that we've, we've got about my grandmother and uh, her and her husband got in trouble with the courts. And they resolved the or the, they were there and my, my grandfather was there and he res, they were resolving the issues. And one of the guys said, well, we've been able to negotiate something, but the only reason we're not doing it is because... The, the lady isn't here. And the judge said, well, it's easy, get her in. And the guy jumped up and said, oh, no, oh, no you don't want her in here. And they were all too scared to make a decision because she, she was such a woman of terror. So I didn't actually know her that well, so I think it was probably a good thing. But just, you know, you, you begin to do it. You, you, you know what family's like, don't you? And you know, just as I was thinking about it and thinking about the different things that have happened, I really came to the conclusion that, you know, in, in lots of ways, there are, for me, I think there are three basic tracks for life, or what I talk about. I, I think there can be survival, there can be success, and there can be significance. And um, just thinking about all that, you know, I was thinking about the, the chapter, Luke chapter 16, where it says, he also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward, and, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be a steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me, taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig, and I am ashamed to beg. And I'm thinking about it, I think that there are actually those three words, beg, dig, and steward. I don't want to look at the, the, the uh, parable, but just those terms, beg, dig, and steward being a beggar, a digger, or a steward. And I think that those really epitomize the three values of life, of survival, um, success, and significance. You know, a beggar, in a sense, is a, is a person who lives in survival mode, just doing what I've got to do to get to the end of the day, doing, doing what has to be done. If you can help me out, that'd be great, because I really don't know what's going on. I'm just surviving. I'm just, you know, earning money to, to get to the next meal, to, to live, to survive. Then there's the digger, and um, you know the digger's a little bit more successful. He's uh, he's found something to go after. 
The um, Greek in that word there is actually, the concept is, is one of scraping together a treasure. And uh, he has ways to get things, in other words. You know, he's this person who, who really there's a lot of action. Busy, busy, busy. Got to do, got to get, you know, I've got, I've got a deal. I've got the next deal. Tomorrow's going to be a great day. Something's going to happen. It's an important deal. Things are going on. Hey, I'm someone important. You know, some things are happening. And uh, look, I'd love to have that time. I, I love my time with the Lord in the morning, but I just don't have time because I've got another deal to do. And, and next year when things get better, I'm going to spend more time with the family. And, and, and you know, man, I'm going to get involved in that life group. But right now, hey, I've got another deal. Once, I'm, once, once things are together, I'm okay. You know, that kind of person. And, and really, all they're doing is digging, all right, but they're digging themselves into a deeper hole. Then the third option that I, I think is, is available to us is one of being a steward. And this is what I believe gives life significance. It's that place where we realise that our life is God's and we begin to live in such a way that we are and what we are and all that we do comes for his glory, that it's really all about him and his purposes. And we manage ourselves in such a way that he gets everything and that he gets a good reward for the life that he has given us. It's really, I think it's really about living a fruitful life, a fruitful life. You know, it's amazing how Jesus really talks about living our life. You know, he had a lot to say about it, and a lot to say about how we live our lives. And it's interesting how Jesus defines success. And just over the last little while, as I've been thinking, someone, and I don't even know who it was, someone, one of the, one of the preachers said something when they preached one morning about seeds and about life, and it just, it really deposited something in me that, and, and I kind of sharing here that there's some stuff that the Lord wants to speak to us about fruitfulness, about being rooted in him, about um, productivity. And I don't even know what it is yet, and, and living in the vine. And, and so I'm going to kind of probably explore that over the next little while as, as we think about it. And, but this morning, I just want to talk about some of the things that he has, that Jesus begins about having a fruitful life. And John 15, and it's a bit of reading here if you've got your Bible. It's John 15, verses 1 through 17. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Each branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, and that, it, and that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them up and throw them in the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so that you may be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I have commanded to you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all the things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that, I should, that you should go and bear fruit, 
and that your fruit should remain, and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Now, in that passage alone, I think there's probably a year of sermons, and there's a whole lot of stuff, and we may come back and explore it. But what I want to really look at there is that that the, the focus of what he talked about was that we are to bear fruit. We, we're not only to be fruitful, but we, but we see here that Jesus spoke that there's actually a progression for us of fruitfulness. I mean, he talks about fruit, then he talked about more fruit, and finally he talked about much fruit. So there's a progression that he wants to see in our lives. Now, let me say, you know, when I used to read or hear passages like that, um, I guess in the old wineskin or where we, where, where we were until the, you know, the Lord spoke, started giving us this revelation about his goodness, I'd read that and I'd automatically go to the negative. I'd automatically think, you know, oh, he's going to punish me, you know, that if I don't work hard enough and if I don't bear a whole lot of fruit and, and you know, it's gonna, I'm going to be tossed in the fire and, you know, am I, do, I have, do I smell a smoke? You know, I mean, that whole kind of thing. It was, it was a negative. And I just want to say right at the onset, I'm not talking about that. Okay, what we want and what the Lord wants of us is to be fruitful. So, so put out of your mind, and you may not be like that, maybe I'm the only one that really needs a soda, I don't know, but, but you know, put out of your mind the whole concept about punishment and about not achieving. The Lord is always wanting to bring promises and blessing and fruitfulness into our lives. And so when he's talking about this, it's about us. He's giving us tools to actually move on. Remember what I said, that always the Lord is moving from what Robin Cook says from, uh, sorry, Robin Cook, that's an author about medical thrillers. Robin, no, um, Graham Cook, Graham Cook. <laughs> sorry, my mind went to a different place then. Graham Cook said that we live in present future. In other words, the Lord's always looking at where we are and moving us on. He's not looking back. He's always looking forward, moving us into greater things. And so I want to say that at the onset when I'm talking, what I'm talking about today. And so here's Jesus, and he comes along and says, you know, we have the opportunity to move from fruit to more fruit to much fruit. And so stage one is fruit. And Psalm 92, verse 13 says this, For those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our gods, and they shall bear fruit, and they shall be fresh and flourishing. You know, one, one of the key things I think about fruit trees or, or any country to produce fruit, it, the foundation is really it has nothing to do with the fruit or even the branches. The ability to bear good fruit actually starts with the roots. You see, substance comes through the trees from the roots. So if you don't have a good root system, if you're not firmly firmly planted in good soil, then the tree will not be healthy. Then we need to be planted in good, healthy environments. That's the first thing. You know, it says here, those who flourish in the courts of our God, they shall bear fruit and they shall be fresh and flourishing. You see, if you're rootless, then you'll be fruitless. And so that's the first thing. We've got to make sure that we're established, that we're getting good nutrients into us to even begin to produce fruit. Then the next thing, the second stage is more fruit. And and he talks about, and this is a bit that sometimes we don't really like, because in John 15 there, verse 2, he says, and every branch that bears fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. And that one is kind of we don't necessarily particularly like. We want to read over a little bit the whole pruning process. And Kim talked about it a couple of weeks ago when she talked about different seasons. And I thought she dealt with it just magnificently. But you see, we've got to be open. The reality is we've got to be open to the Lord bringing discipline and correction in our life. And again, it's not about punishment. It's about um, 
making us better, helping us to move on, to grow into those things. And, and many of us are, are, become so um, scared that we, we pull back all the time. We're, we're scared. And, and look, you know, we, we may have been in environments where, where really correction and discipline has been the, the name of the game. And, you know, it's just always about, you know, you need to do better, you need to try harder. But that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about positioning our hearts where the Lord can speak to us, that we can take that thing. You know, it's like what I've said before. When the Lord comes to you and speaks to you about a sin in your life or something in your life that's there, he's not speaking to you to bring condemnation. He's telling you that that's the next place of your next miracle. That when he says, hey, look, Trent, you've got a problem here, he's saying, I want to come in and I want to empower you to move on from that. It's always, again, positive momentum. Now, he will speak to you about things in your life because he wants us all to be like Jesus. We're being transformed from glory to glory. But see that it's in that place of transforming us from glory to glory, to having the image of Christ. And that's what the point of processing is. You know, and, and it's trying to learn to be in this place of, of when, when, things, when, when things happen and when, when people happen in our life, to have this response of, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? And we need to see pruning as a good thing. Trees that, that aren't pruned grow, but they don't, they don't grow fruitfully. They, they get big, but they don't produce fruit. Because all the nutrients, I don't know if you've seen it, you know, they, you get these trees. I mean, in the orchards, when, we used to, when I lived up in Helensville when I was growing up as a kid, we had a big orchard as part of our property, and, and the trees would grow, and some of them we wouldn't prune, and they'd get massive trees. But the fruit was so pithy and small and horrible. Why? Because all the nutrients were getting sucked into branches. And sometimes I think that that's what we almost like in the body. You know, look at me. I'm a big, beautiful tree. Wonderful, marvelous. And I've got little fruit. <laughs> you know? Because we're putting the nutrients into the wrong thing because we don't like pruning. You know? And maybe when the Lord you know, does bring pruning, we go, oh, the Lord has called me to move on now. I don't like pruning. And away we go. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's trees that aren't pruned simply don't grow because the nutrients don't produce the fruit. We have to learn to, to position ourselves in that place to receive pruning. Day three is much fruit, much fruit. So we've had fruit, we've had more fruit, and then we've got much fruit. And I think there'd be a much fruit is to live a life of servanthood. To live a life of servanthood. And, and I think, you know, it, it can be very easy to find ourselves serving to get something for ourselves, to get noticed or to get promotion. But we're called to serve. And, you know, it's interesting that the idea of servanthood in the New Testament is so tied deeply into the idea of sacrificial worship of God. In other words, when we serve others, it is actually an act of worship. Psalm 100 says, make a joyful, joyful shout to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. You know, we need to be in that place where we're ready to serve, even if people don't notice or don't mention it. You know, Luke chapter 17, Jesus was speaking. He says, does he, talking about the master here, does the master thank the servant because he did the things that he was commanded to do? I think not. So likewise, when you have done all these things that you have been commanded to do, say we are, an unprof we are unprofitable servants and we have done only what our duty was. 
You see, the key, the key to bearing much fruit is servanthood. In other words, it's to going to that place, of doing more than what was expected. Going that extra mile, really, that Jesus talks about in Matthew 5. You know, whoever compels you to go one mile, go two with them. Because, you know, as, as we move into that place of servanthood, what happens is our fruit actually becomes lasting fruit. The significance that our fruit, that our fruit has is begins to last. Why? Because it's actually about the glory of Jesus. When we live in that place and we live in that place of servanthood, it's not about us. It's about the glory that comes out of it is um, Jesus' glory. And so it has eternal significance. And isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you want? John 15 verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. See, what happens when you have that kind of fruit? The Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. The Lord's positioning us to be able to receive. How does it happen? You chose me. You did not choose me, but I chose you. You have to realize who we are. See, without him, we get to do nothing. To bear, and to be honest, to bear lasting fruit, we have to learn to die to ourselves. We have to realize that, that listen, we have to realize that other people are going to take, come and take our fruit. And Paul said, I am, being, I am being poured out like a drink offering. Philippians 2.17, yes, and I am being poured out like a drink offering on a sacrifice and service of your faith. And I am glad and I rejoice in it. There's a dynamic, there's a joy that comes in servanthood because in that place we're producing much fruit, fruit that has eternal quality. And it's that upside-down kingdom. You know, To gain your life in the kingdom, you lose it. To be first, you become last. To bear much fruit, you actually serve. You don't focus on the fruit, if you like. 1 Timothy 4, 6, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. In other, words, in other words, Paul is saying, people are coming and taking of me. It's just like I'm a fuel on the fire. I'm being consumed, but I'm being consumed to the glory of Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. You ever heard anyone say, um, oh man, the church used me? Okay, <laughs> or this person used me, or that person used me. I don't know about you, but I've heard it. I've said it. To be honest, I've said it. You know, and and, and you know, we, we say that. Oh, this person used me, or the church used me. Then, you know, the Lord showed me one time. He said something to me which really kind of stopped me. He said, Trent, do you remember when you were a young Christian and you prayed, Lord, I want to be used. <laughs> <laughs> Can I pass on that one, God? <laughs> because you see, you know what? <laughs> he heard it. <laughs> and he's doing it. You know, we pray some pretty amazing things, but I don't think we actually listen to what we pray. Because if we listen to what we pray, we wouldn't pray it. Or we don't believe God's going to hear it. So, you know, we pray these wonderful prayers, not expecting God to hear them. Well, God told me he heard it. <laughs> so suck it up, because that's what I'm going to do. Okay, Lord, <laughs> I got the message. God was able to use us because we positioned our hearts. 
And sometimes, you know, we want to qualify how God uses us. God, I want to be used by you. But I want to be used on the stage, or I want to be used in this way, or I want to be used in that way. You know? I mean, do you ever walk up to an apple tree and say to the apple tree, man, hey, thanks for this great apple. You know? What a wonderful apple tree you are. Wow, the way you grow apples is just breathtaking. No, you just take the apple, right? And a fruit tree never gets thanked for its job. Because why? It's a fruit tree. It produces what it's supposed to. But sometimes we position ourselves that we, we expect to be thanked for everything we do. Hey, you know, who gets the glory about the fruit, the apples? The fruit tree owner. Wow, what great apples you guys produce. Man, I love your fruit. And that's what it's all about, you see. John 15, 1 says, my father is the vine dresser. It's about him getting the glory. Imagine an apple tree coming and saying, well, what do you think you're doing? Taking my fruit. I never asked to be planted here. Like, what's that? Why are you pruning me? Get away, go on. Get away. Take those you know, things away from me. You're not trimming me and pruning me. I'm, I'm here. I grew that fruit. It's mine. You know, and those birds, keep those birds away from me, man. You know what I'm saying? It's not like that. You just come and pick the fruit. The tree doesn't get the same. It just bears the fruit like it's supposed to do. I'm not appreciating that. I think I'll leave. (laughs) I'm going to go to another orchard that will appreciate me and admire me much more. Thank you. Goodbye. Which. A tree does not, a fruit tree does not pack a sad and stalk off to another orchard. <laughs> Why? Because one of the things is a productive fruit tree is planted deep where it's established. It's planted deep down in the ground. You see, only ornamental trees that are in pots can actually move from one place to another. And those kind of trees never produce healthy, long-lasting fruit. And it's part of it, you know, if we're going to bear fruit, we need to be root, deeply rooted. To be servants, not to keep score, but just to bear fruit for him, to his glory. Luke 13, verse 6 says this, He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of the vine, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fruit tree and found none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? So he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not, then after that, cut it down. You see, we're expected to bear fruit. And it's not just enough, in a sense, to feel like we've shown up. You know, we need, God is actually asking of each one of us to contribute. And look, I'm not talking, this is not a a drive for you to contribute something in liberty or anything else. Don't hear that. I'm just wanting you to position your heart to be fruitful. To be in that place that you don't have a lot of wonderful bush and no fruit. Really, you know, that we need to learn. Because I think it's a dangerous place to be, to be honest. I really do. I think we need to learn to be people who are productive. To, 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 you see, Jesus is a fruit inspector. 
Jesus is a fruit inspector. And, and he wants us to, devote, to, to bring much fruit, to bring good fruit. And that, and that may sound harsh to you, but it's God's word. And we need to, to, to see the fruit manifested in our lives. We need to begin to encourage one another. And part of the fruit is encouraging one another to be positive and uplifting, you know, um, kingdom building. Romans 1.13 says, Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I've often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I may have some fruit among you also, just as among other Gentiles. See, Jesus saw his ministry as that place of being able to go and bring encouragement and speak life into other people, and that produced fruit. That's the quality of fruit that he's asking us to. You know, we talk about it all the time that we're called to bring heaven to earth, to bring fruit, the fruit of the Father into, into people's lives. When people encourage you, they should go away feeling expanded and enlarged and, and good, you know? Um, a little badge once said, everybody brings us joy, some as they get, come and some as they go, you know? And, and I want to be the person that actually brings joy as I come. And, and that when people come in, they know they've experienced the, the fruit of the kingdom. They may not call it that because they may not be believers, but they know they've experienced something because of what we've carried. Philippians 4.17 says, Not that I seek a gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Do you know that? That we actually have fruit that abounds in our heavenly account from what we do. Paul wanted to live a life of good fruit. And it's the Holy Spirit that produces that good fruit. You know, Romans 7 verse 4, Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to one another, to him who raised from the dead, that he, we should bear fruit to God. So he wants us to have fruit. He wants us to have more fruit, and he wants us to live in that place of much fruit. So, and, and here are some things that, I'll just read to some things that we need to remember. One, we, 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 we go through life, we're not fruitless. Fruitless, you know, fruitful means that we're going to reproduce. And, and whatever you do, your life is going to produce some kind of fruit. The question is, what fruit is it going to produce? I want to produce fruit that brings glory to Jesus, yeah? yeah? I've heard it said that you can count the number of seeds in an apple, but you can't count the number of apples in a seed. Whatever you've got, however small it is, God can take it and bless it and bring much fruit. Life flows through seeds. Are you producing something? Number two, trees, fruit trees are not consumer-minded. God didn't create trees to get. He created trees to give. Orange trees produce oranges for one purpose, to have them eaten. And sometimes I think it's easy for us to become consumers and not producers. Number three, I, the identity of a tree is in its fruit. You know, you know a tree by looking at it. Now, I know that you can, um, what do they call it, cut a leaf, graft, thank you. <laughs> Glad you got the action. Graft. Um, what's in my name's on the thingamajigs, but the reality is that the majority of a tree, when you look at a tree, you make a decision on what kind of tree it is, is because of its fruit. What's it yielding? 
What's it yielding? Number four, fruit comes naturally. What is on the inside of you will come out. They will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? You know, as I said, we're all bearing fruit. We produce it. We can't help it. But it's something we can't manufacture. You know, we can manufacture it for a while, but the reality is after a while it will come out. It will come out. Psalm chapter 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. I just love this. Listen to this. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of water, and it will bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he shall not, and whatever he does shall prosper. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. You know, we, we should be so filled with the Holy Spirit that we can't help it, but, you know, the fruit of the Spirit just pops because that's who we are, and it just comes out of us. We think like Jesus. We act like Jesus. When people are around us, they've had a Jesus encounter. That's really what the Bible means when it says we shall live by faith. We don't have to try. It just comes. Matthew 7.20, therefore by their fruit you will know them. I want my fruit to be Jesus' fruit. Genesis 1.28, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. And God has intended us always at every point to live in a place of impartation of fruitfulness. It's not about our talent, really, and it's even not about our gifting. It's about our fruit. The fruit is what's in our hearts. You know, it's like what I've said before. Gifts, gifts are given by God. They don't actually describe you at all. You know, The prophets say of the prophets are, is, Balaam, is Balaam's ass. He spoke the word of the Lord, so don't get impressed he didn't prophesy. But when you can exhibit the fruit of the Spirit because you're allowing the Holy Spirit to manifest through you, that's a whole different matter. And that's what attracts people. Because they see, they see a, a, an integrity. They see something that they want to have. It brings them, they gravitate towards you. The world's got a lot of showmen, but to have people who can stand steady and solid, empowered by the Holy Ghost, that's a whole different ball game. It's a whole different ball game. How do we become more fruitful? John 12 says, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life will lose it. Those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servants also be. Whoever serves me, the Father will honour. Simple reality is that we learn to position our hearts where he comes first. That where he comes first, that it's for his glory. That we, we place our priorities, that he is number one in our priorities. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He abides in me, and I in him bears much fruit. It's all about abiding. It's all about abiding. It's all about learning to position ourselves in that place. And as I said, it's not about striving, it's about yieldedness. And I believe now that you know we're gonna we're going into a place, a new season, where we are gonna see fruitfulness increase. And wherever, you know, uh, it's interesting because I, I had the sermon this morning and probably three or four people came and spoke to me before the service completely separately. 
with words about fruit and about, um, yeah, really about fruit, lemons and limes and bananas and, you know, it, it all had good meaning and it was, it was really good. But it confirmed God wanting us to be a fruitful people. Not just a great bush, but a fruitful people that sees fruitful in our lives individually, in our families, in our communities, as part of this body of Christ. So let's be more fruitful. Let's be, have, carry much fruit. Yeah? That's cool. Hey, why don't we finish with a song this morning?